I did not make any profit to speak of the first couple of years in my business. Um, I spent, I made some money, but I also spent money. I invested a lot of um, my time and energy because I always think when you're building a business, you can either invest time or money. You're going to invest some combination of the two, right? But if you don't have as much money to invest, guess what? It's going to require more time of you. And if you can invest more money, then you can obviously outsource some of the things you would spend time on. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Molly Claire. She is an inspiration because she built a multiple six-figure business and then shut it all down, dissolved the business, and then restarted. I can't tell you there's very rarely a better story to learn from, from someone who has been at the pinnacle of success, had to take a step back, and now is reclimbing that pinnacle. So you are in for a treat with hearing from Molly about how she originally built that multiple six-figure business and now what she's doing after restarting to build her other six-figure business. Super excited for you to get into the episode. Her story is a reminder that no matter what circumstances we face, there is always hope and we can always get back to and further from wherever we came from. So keep your hope. Keep working, keep grinding. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Molly, I want to say thank you for being here on the Coach Up Podcast. I am very excited to talk to Molly Claire today. You have such a unique story in what you do. And so we'll get into it. Um, I know when you say that, people are like, so what's the story? Yes, we'll get into it. Um, but I am going to let you introduce yourself, Molly. Tell our guests what you do, what you coach. Um, and who you are, and then we'll get into some really cool conversation. All right. Sounds good. So I am Molly Claire. I am a master life and business coach for female entrepreneurs. Uh, I specifically focus on working with female coaches. Um, I work with coaches to build the foundational pieces of their business and actually start making money <laughs> because we'd all like to make money doing Pretty. this, right? We want to help people and make money. So I help them set up a plan to make their first and next 10K over and over again and really kind of check all those boxes in the beginning of their business. Um, so, so that's mostly what I do. And then I also do an advanced certification for coaches who really want to specialize in motherhood and family life coaching. I really love working with women who have a passion for both business and, um, family and like to find that balance. And so some of the work I do also is helping coaches who actually want to help women in that space. So wow. that's a little about me, what I do. And you help women get their first 10K month and then subsequent ones because you yourself are a six-figure coach. And you, how long have you been coaching, Molly, overall? So nine years. It's a decade. I can't believe it. I know. That's yes, I, I certified in the um, fall of 2014. I master certified in 2015. And um, I can't believe it's been that long. I really can't. Amazing. When yeah. you say 
certified versus master certified. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. So I was certified through the life coach school and then they offered a master coach certification that I did right away after I got certified. And that was really just taking a deeper dive into the coaching concepts. It was a lot of mentorship in business and, um, and yeah, I would just say taking it up a notch, up a level with coaching. So, and, and part of the reason that I did that, honestly, is that I wanted to work for the school. Um, I do, I, I just teach here and there for the school now, but for several years, I was doing a lot of training of coaches and master coaches. So I, I just really love to help coaches to expand their actual skills and ability to coach. Mm, so, okay. And the fact yeah. that you coach coaches, just makes you so perfect for being here on the Coach Up podcast. Thank you <laughs> again. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, so you have, the reason I said you have such an interesting story is because you are putting to the test what you teach other people to do and what you have done because you're in the midst of restarting a new business or a new chapter yes. in your business. And so can you give us yes. the 411 on where you were when you started and then now sure. what you're doing. Yeah. Sure. I, I will give you the highlights. I'll give you give you the Cliff's Notes version and then you can tell me if you want want more. Good. So um so yes, I started my business um and focused on actually working with moms. That was my specialty. I loved helping women to let go of perfectionism in motherhood, overwhelm just all the things, all the mom guilt, all the chaos that we as women create in our minds when we become a mom. So I loved that space. I built a program. I wrote a book, became a bestseller. I was absolutely loving it. Um, during this time, I was also training coaches and just and loved that space. And as I continued to build my business, um, I had a really unique perspective as someone building a business and also supporting other coaches in building theirs, right? And so in this space of personal experience and looking at others in, in supporting them, I started to see some really key things that I knew that coaches needed as they built their business. And so at the time, and this was in, what year was this? I guess this was in the beginning of 2019. I went into a partnership um, with my sister, who is also a master coach and quite phenomenal. Um, and we actually put together a program for coaches because we, she also had been working with coaches and we brought um, similar and yet complementary experiences and expertise. Um and so we built we built a business together supporting coaches. And so fast forward a little bit, uh, we did that business for three years and we experienced tremendous growth personally and financially in the business. Um, we built the business um, in our first year of business together. We made a quarter of a million dollars with like no formal marketing really oh my goodness okay <laughs> and then but but here's what i want to say to everyone listening 
that that keep in mind that at that point we had both been in the industry and doing our own work for about four to five years. We'd been in the trenches training other coaches for not much money, right? Like doing contract work in the trenches in our own journey. And so it's kind of like there is a tremendous amount of investment that we make as coaches on the front end of our business in terms of time, energy, money, all of it, right? So it sounds like this, oh, wow, like rags to riches, we made this. But there were two of us. There was a lot of life experience and business behind it, right? Yeah. Um. So we did that. We doubled the income the next year. We tripled it the next year. We surpassed a million dollars in the business, which was amazing. And that begs the question. Yeah. Congrats. Why did you? Thank you. Thank you. It was a really surreal moment because, I mean, you know, for, for your audience listening, like we all know what it's like to really doubt if we can achieve the level of success we want in our business. And, and so when we, when you hit a milestone like that, it's, um, I think it's a really cool moment personally, right? It's not really about like the money or, you know, I, oh, now I'm, you know, better or whatever it is, but it's like, I did it, you know, we did it. So broken a belief yeah. barrier that you may yeah. or may not have, but most people have like, Oh, a hundred percent. I did. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I first started as a coach thinking, Oh gosh, if I could make $60,000 a year and have flexibility and freedom in my schedule, that would be unbelievable. I mean, that really seemed like shooting for the stars. And I think that is a good amount too. Right. And so, but it's just like, um, so that's why I say to, to reach that milestone just felt really like an incredible breakthrough. Like you said. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so again, kudos because thank you. <laughs> that is a huge milestone. Seven, six figures is a big milestone. Seven figures is even more huge. And then the, to get to do it with family yeah. and yeah. that, that's really, I think that's really special, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you all had okay. this great success and yeah. then you yeah. decided to make a change. Right. It's like, what, why, what's going on? Everything seems to be going well. Right. Um, and I think a lot of our clients and everyone were, was really surprised, but you know, for my sister and I, one of the things that, that we are both, uh, that is really a core part of our values and what we helped our coaches with is that as you're building a business, you absolutely have to build a business that aligns with your values and the life you want to create. And um, as a coach, you want to really lean into your unique gifts and your unique passions. And so um, when we first came together, when Amy and I first came together as partners, we definitely had you know, we had our mission statement and, and we had our values that that overlapped for sure. Um, but the further we got into business, it became very clear that I was wanting a different type of business than she was wanting. She really likes small, intimate, in-person experiences. And I love that as well. And yet, you know, as a mom of a blended family of 10 total... <laughs> And a busy life, 
in person, not the easiest thing for me, right? It's just, it, it was kind of like a phase of life thing, a, a, a preference thing. And also my sister is incredible with relationship work and she really wanted to focus on relationship coaching. And I have such a passion for the business piece of it and for supporting women in, um, in business life balance with their families. And so, you know, honestly, the, the partnership uh, started to become for both of us, not as much fun. And it felt like kind of, we had some competing needs and wants and, um, and we wanted to both honor what we wanted, which meant dissolving and starting over. So uh, it felt like a difficult, but an important choice for sure. I applaud the courage that it takes to make that decision because I think any business partnership period is probably challenging to dissolve because Mm -hmm. it was started for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so unless the end in mind of, you know, we're going to dissolve this in three years or in 10 years, you know, unless Mm -hmm. that timeframe has happened. And so it was the expected result. I think anytime it it happens prior to that, and even if that wasn't planned, it's hard. And then even especially adding the family portion to it. And so I applaud both of you guys for, as you said, honoring that you all had different visions as you work together, you identified that. And then to honor each other and to honor your clients and say for the, for our relationship, for the business and for our clients it's best that we separate. I think that's yeah. a really beautiful and courageous thing. I say, um, when I was in corporate America and I used to have to term- terminate people and I hate, oh my goodness, I hate mm-hmm. to have to terminate people because mm-hmm. I never know how, what your finances that you're receiving mm-hmm. from this job, how, mm-hmm. what that's providing on the outside. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're single, if you have children, if you're supporting an aging right. parent. Um, and so that's never taken lightly, but at the same time, I always said, if we keep you at a job where you're not happy and you're not doing well, and there's, and you hate coming to work because you're not doing well, and we're not mm-hmm. happy with you, we do mm-hmm. a dis to keep you right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So the, the same thing with you guys. So I truly applaud the courage. And so you all made that decision and then yes. you decided to take a little time off. And then restart, or did you go straight into restarting? I did your own not thing? take time off. <laughs> Goodness, okay. <laughs> so, um, I really because I mean, going back to keep in mind, I mean, we we built something pretty incredible. I mean, and there's a lot of work behind that, a lot of correct collaboration. We had a great community, we had a great team, and I think it was. I mean, I can just speak for myself that. Uh, it felt like a big deal to be breaking off and rebuilding because everything had been put into this joint brand, you know? And so it was kind of like, I actually kind of did the opposite of taking time off. And what I did is I went into really just like super creation phase. And um, I spent some time looking at my brand and who I wanted to be separate from the partnership And I actually, that's when I created my advanced certification um, for coaches wanting to focus on supporting women and motherhood and all the challenges that we face. Um, And I created my, this new program that I now offer Masterful Coach Foundations. And then I also created a community. So, so that's kind of more my style. I'm not very good at taking a break, but as I was just mentioning to you, I know before we started recording, I said, 
I'm taking some time this summer. So when we initially dissolved, I went into full force creation mode. And now I'm um, now I'm giving myself a little bit of space. So <laughs> much deserved, much deserved. Okay, so Molly, yes. you have piqued my curiosity on okay. the two different businesses. And so I'll start mm-hmm. with the first one. Um when you started as a coach on your own and then built into yeah. the partnership and then we'll yeah. come back to the current one. When yeah. you started, I appreciate that you said you and your sister had both before you all started the partnership mm-hmm. had been in the trenches that you didn't, you said, oh, can I make $60,000 a year and have some freedom and create right. a lifestyle out around that? And I think because of social media, I probably say this often on my podcast. So you all listening probably heard me say this many times. We think, oh, I can start a coaching business today. And in 90 days, I'm going to have, I'm going to be on track to $100,000. Right. There's the slim possibility, but probably not. And so there's right. work that you put in. So can you talk mm-hmm. about those, that, those early days, how yeah. you started? I mean, I'll tell you about my early days, and I also can relate for your audience also, having worked with coaches, I mean, I've literally worked with thousands of coaches getting trained and starting their business. And so one thing I'll, I'll say to that piece of it before I share my own experience is that as a coach starting a business and how much success someone has, how quickly... Um, there are a lot of factors that play into that. For example, we all kind of have a certain like set point of of what seems like a lot of money. And if you could see me, I'm making like air quotes, right? Like a lot of money. And so you can line up 10 different women and they'll all have a different number in their mind as to what is a reasonable amount of money to make and what is a lot of money to make. And so if you imagine, right, if you have two coaches side by side, and for one, it makes complete sense to her that her an hour of her time would be worth $500. And you have another person right next to her that that feels like it would be challenging to ask for $20 an hour. That's going to show up, not that one is worse than the other, right? It's just that's where they are. So one example is what we think about money. The, um, another example is how much business experience we have, how we identify as a successful person and whatever that means. So I just want to point out to everyone that you will see varying levels of outward success when you look at coaches. And there are very good reasons for that. And it's none of it is a problem. We just all have to understand where our individual areas for growth are and make space for it, right? Yeah, that's really good. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because you're going to reflect on the outside, what you think on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's true because I mean, I would, I would train coaches and I would see in, you know, a group of a dozen people being trained at the same time when, when there were coaches in there who were used to being entrepreneurs and used to charging for their services, it was so much easier for them to sign clients. And it seemed like a mystery to others that were brand new to this. Like, how are you doing that? But it's a comfort level, right? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think people realize that, like, I like to call it the skill of being able to receive money for your services 
lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And we don't even realize it's a thing. We think, oh, I have to learn how to sell and I have to learn how to market. But listen, if you're uncomfortable asking for money and receiving it, it's something we got to work on. That is a skill. I'd never yeah. looked at that as a skill, the skill of receiving money. Mm -hmm. It even, it makes, puts me in the mindset of individuals who may struggle to receive gifts from people. Yeah. You, oh yeah. If you typically don't want people giving you gifts or you struggle mm -hmm. to even be not necessarily not be grateful, but you struggle to accept without feeling as though you have to give something in return. Mm -hmm. it, it puts me in the same mindset of, okay, I can receive $500 because if I think, mm -hmm. no, I'm, I, I shouldn't charge more than a hundred. It's because mm -hmm. maybe that skill set of receiving what you, what you're worth, whether you believe it or not mm -hmm. is not there mm -hmm. yet. So Molly, that's, yeah. That is very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is because, I mean, think about all the skills that we have on our list of things to learn, right? Okay, I'm a coach. I have, you know, 562 skills I now have to learn to run this business. But I think we miss the mark when we, I, I mean, I really think that's step one mm -hmm. and for everyone to ask, how comfortable are you receiving money for your services? Because yeah. I think it become it's easy for it to feel personal. It's easy for us to start to kind of wrap up our own sense of self-worth in that money that we're asking for when actually our self-worth has nothing to do with that. Mm. And um, and I think also because many coaches are helpers. They're givers. They are the type of people who want to make a difference. It can be uncomfortable to accept money for doing good, for helping. So anyway, those are just some, and I know I, I will still share about my story. I didn't mean to get too much off on a tangent, but but if anyone is struggling to make money in your business, look at those areas because there may be some, a little bit of work to be done there. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So now tell so, us about yours. Okay. So yes, I mean, when I started coaching, I had, uh, so soon after I had graduated from college, uh, I, I worked a little bit in public relations and then I became a stay at home mom and I was a stay at home mom for 15 years before mm -hmm. becoming a coach. And so during that time, um, I very much, um, I was definitely lacking confidence in my ability to build a business. I felt out of touch with the business world to a large degree. I had a lot of beliefs, um, that were not very positive about my ability to make money and actually provide for my family. Um, but at that time that I was becoming a coach, I was also actually going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so that limiting belief had to change. <laughs> yeah. The necessity factor. Happen. Yeah. What's that? Necessity factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but absolutely the, the first, um, I did not make any profit to speak of the first couple of years in my business. Um, I spent, I made some money, but I also spent money. I invested a lot of, um, my time and energy because I always think when you're building a business, you can either invest time or money. You're going to invest some combination of the two, right? But if you don't have as much money to invest, guess what? It's going to require more time of you. And if you can invest more money, then you can obviously 
outsource some of the things you would spend time on. And so for me, I was building my business on what I would say was a frugal budget. And I definitely did spend money in my business, mostly for trainings and learning. Um, and uh, I made money, but I did not make a profit the first couple of years. Um, and so let me think about this. I certified the end of 2014. So my business was, you know, running in 2015. That's also the year I did master coach training. Um, the, the year that I finally hit like just barely six figures was... Are you a business owner who believes in taking advantage on the ground level of new opportunities and you like to get a great return on your money at a reasonable price for exponential returns? Then I want to encourage you to reach out to me, Kanisha Hart, host of the Coach Up Podcast, to advertise your business on the Coach Up Podcast. As a growing audience for the Coach Up Podcast, you will have an opportunity to get your business advertised regularly every single week at very reasonable rates as this is an introductory rate offer only. So if you're interested in having your business sent out over the next six to 12 months, as this podcast grows and audience grows exponentially for extremely reasonable rates, reach out to me today so your business can get the exposure that you want on the Coach Up Podcast. Two thousand eighteen. So, you know, years in. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the trenches. Yes, and, and and it was in the trenches. I mean, I sometimes we do work where when I look back, if I were to calculate how much I was making per hour on some of the things I was doing, it's like, oh, I can't believe it. But I'll tell you that the experience I gained, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was the best education. What's one of the things you learned in, like you were just talking about in, in your building yeah. that has carried you through and has made your yeah. subsequent business building, as well as your coaching to other coaches, mm -hmm. more fluid, more effective? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, for me, I spent, I, after I became master certified, so I guess it was in 2016, um, those next three years, I was, I mean, I've trained a lot of coaches up close and personal, um, in, you know, a personal training setting. I created curriculum books. I trained master coaches and, and the time spent and a lot of it could, could be very tedious because I would be working with coaches on their coaching models and, um, and kind of giving them feedback and all of that. And so it was very time intensive work with them. But being able to engage that closely with so many coaches and help them to kind of finesse their skills, I mean, it really up-leveled my own coaching skills so much. And, and I guess I will just say for me that, that my confidence in my coaching and my ability to coach well has really carried me and helped me to overcome the areas where I haven't felt as strong. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. What are the areas you haven't yeah. felt as strong? Meaning, well, learning, 
how to learning how to market an online business, learning how to close a sales consultation, right? And so this is one of the things that I also, I focus on in my program. So I'm helping coaches get their business going, but I also help with their actual abilities and confidence with coaching in this. Because what I find is that like if one of your listeners is a coach and they're saying, hey, you know, potential client, I can help you with X, Y, or Z, but that coach is not really feeling certain that they can do that. Mm -hmm. It lends itself to a bit of fraud complex. It lends itself to them being more timid. And I mean, let's be honest, if, if I am not really sure I can help someone, it's going to be pretty hard for me to confidently sell them on working with me. And so what I mean by that is, yeah, I would do sales consultations and I would, I would maybe stumble or not use the best methodology. But what I did have going for me is I knew how to help my clients and I was confident that I could. And I showed up on those, on those calls with them, connected and invested in them. And so you can have the best sales script in the world, but if you are not confident and invested in helping your client, it's not going to do you any good. That fraud complex, I've not heard that terminology or that wording put together. I hear imposter syndrome often, mm -hmm. but the fraud complex really resonates and mm. it makes a lot of sense with yeah, if I'm not 100% confident, I really can provide the transformation. I'm not going to be that confident in closing you or making sure you understand you really need me based on our conversation. And this is why you're going to be much more hesitant, which anybody can pick up on. And so exactly. That, yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Okay. And so you said something, Molly, and I had a question, but I got stuck on that fraud complex. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's so good. This is why I tell you, I take notes. The other question that I had, because that the one I want to ask will come back to me, was as you were talking, oh, that's what it was, um, coaching models. You mm -hmm. talked about, you know, you're really good at helping people. And so you mentioned models. Do you mm -hmm. have a top two that you use or two that are stronger either for you or that you lean more toward in helping your clients with, mm -hmm. because I don't know that I haven't talked about this yet on the podcast. And so I'm really glad mm -hmm. you brought it up, mm -hmm. but I don't know how many coaches actually know that there are models that you yeah. can use when you're coaching. Yeah. And so can you explain what that is yeah. even to start with? Yeah. So, and, and when I referred to the model in that sense, I was speaking specifically to the life coach school model. So if anyone's ever listened to the life coach school podcast, you're probably familiar with the model. It's this idea that we have circumstances in our life. And then, you know, we have thoughts about those circumstances, thoughts, create feelings, feelings, drive actions and actions create results. And so as I'm saying that, whether you're familiar with the life coach school or not, you're familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy or just this idea, right? That, that what we think we create, right? Our beliefs impact what we're able to bring to fruition. Um, but that's the, the CTFAR model specifically that I was referring to. And for me, that was where I started. That was kind of my foundation of coaching. Um, 
And I definitely use that more of a framework at this point, um, meaning there's kind of like through the training, you learn kind of a, this is how you use this model in a, in a pretty like 101 kind of way. Um, but I like to, I definitely like to focus with my clients on taking a look at their mindset. And I've also shifted much more into working with my clients on what I call their emotion set. Okay. What's that? So meaning that Oftentimes, as coaches, especially as mindset coaches, we can always be looking at the way we're thinking about something and have a good framework. But if if you are, if your clients, for example, are have their nervous system activated because maybe certain things bring up trauma for them, or they're having conflicting emotions that are not resolved, all the mindset work in the wor- in the world is not really going to help them move forward. Okay. And so what's that? What do they need? What what do they need? (laughs) I love the look on your face. So I use a lot of different modalities for sure. So, so one thing is that, um, even just any, any coach listening to this in, if you do mindset work or you do strategy or anything like that, I cannot tell you how useful it is to just take the time with your client at the beginning to do some kind of grounding modality, some way for them to kind of connect with themselves and and just kind of calm their entire system. Because most of the time as people, we go through life and we're pretty activated, right? We're responding to stressors and we have this list going in our mind. And, and so if we come to a call with our client and we just dive right into strategizing or looking at their mindset, um, I think we can do a lot of good, but we can do way more good if we just stop for a minute and help our client just kind of connect with themselves and be still for just a minute. Okay. Is there mm-hmm. a exercise that you use often that you would walk somebody through? And what, what is that? There, Well, one thing that I do like to use with my clients is um, tapping. I don't know if you're familiar with this at all. The tapping solution is a, you know, kind of a popular thing. And I actually have um, an incredible tapping coach that works with my in my community and teaches it. Her name is Melanie Fay. She's phenomenal, and she's really a healer. And um, and so tapping is something that I use quite a bit with my clients when I can tell that we are kind of talking in circles, or I notice sort of this frenzied energy, right? If we're talking about this goal that they're trying to meet and I notice that their emotions are getting heightened, that's when we want to stop. And sometimes it's a matter of, okay, let's just stop. Let's put your hands right here on your chest, on your heart, and just be still for a minute and get them to pay attention to what they're feeling. Um, And then I just, you know, I have a process that I don't know that I could describe. It's kind of more of an intuitive process I do with them. Um, And then sometimes we will do some tapping around that emotion just to release it so they can think clearly. Okay. So so the emotion set is Mm -hmm. identifying the emotion, clearing that so that you can be objective as you're talking about business, as you're talking about strategy Mm -hmm. to move Mm -hmm. forward. Okay. And part of what I mean with emotion set, like that word is oftentimes most of us for, for any one of my clients and certainly for me, we kind of have these go-to emotions 
that we experience regularly. Like, I'm sure you can think of someone who, you know, if something happens, most likely they're going to go to irritated, right? Or someone else might go to kind of a different family of emotions or whatever. And so I think when we can pay attention to what is my go-to emotionally? For example, in business, do you tend to go to getting overwhelmed, getting confused, getting frustrated? What is that? And and also thinking about what is the emotion set that you want to build in, right? What is it that, what are the emotions that if you felt these emotions more often in your business, you would be more productive, you would be more focused. So it, when I'm talking about emotion set, it's kind of similar to this idea of, well, this frame of mind isn't very useful, but if we can have this kind of mindset, right, we're more productive. And this is really just taking a look at the emotions in the same way. And it's really just um, a different way to access um, that part of your client that um, a different entry point, really, that that will be more effective for your client at at sometimes um more so than the mindset work. Yeah. So just to stay on this just one more minute. Yeah. When we yeah. are talking about emotions such as that, are you saying that we can not manufacture, but we can choose the emotions versus we feel the emotion and then we attempt to control it? Yes. Yes. 100%. Okay. Um, because I was thinking as you were talking, um, uh, I don't remember her name who wrote the book. I think it's mm -hmm. called presence that talks about imposter syndrome, that did the TEDx mm -hmm. talk that everybody knows about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and she talks about you, when you do, then you can, you facilitate the emotion instead of doing mm -hmm. from the emotion. And that's what came mm -hmm. to mind when mm -hmm. you were talking, mm -hmm. I choose how I'm going to feel instead of, mm -hmm the feeling comes and now I have to figure out what to do with it if I do anything mm -hmm. with it at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think there are, there are a lot of different schools of thought, mm -hmm. right? Some people will say thoughts create your feelings. Some people will say feelings create your thoughts. You will also hear people say you need to do and you need to move in order to change your state, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, okay, who's right? you know, what's the right way to coach? What's the right way to access? And my answer to that, and this is what I teach my coaches, is you have to meet your clients where they are. And when I'm talking to my clients, sometimes the cognitive approach is exactly the entry point. I, I like to think about it as this. It's like there are different doorways of entry, right? Sometimes it may be um, cognitive. It may be touching on the emotion. Sometimes your client will need to focus on actions. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think that each client is a little bit different. And I think part of where, where we can have growth as a coach is to be able to be in tune with our client enough and connected enough to adjust our approach based on what they need. That takes some intuition and I would yeah. expect some experience. And yeah. <laughs> but I can definitely tell that you have it, which is why not only you're a coach, but you're a master coach. <laughs> I just, I love it, you know, because I think coaching is, it can really be 
it's so impactful for your clients, right? I know it's been impactful for me. And part of what I love about coaching and, and speaking to your audience here is like, we all have so much room for growth. I mean, I look at what I've learned over the last nine years of coaching, of teaching coaching, of expanding my skills. And guess what? There is no shortage of ways in which I continue can continue to grow and expand my coaching skills, mm. which is pretty cool to think about, right? Because yeah. as long as you continue to learn and evolve, you can continue to learn. You can continue to grow your business. Yep, that's yeah. right. That, yeah. yeah, that's good. So then because of the skill set, obviously, that you have, Molly, I want to move into when you and your sister built your partnership and you made this statement that had my eyebrows raising that okay. you all did a half a million in the first year with virtually no marketing. <laughs> quarter can million you, in the first year. Yeah. Quarter million. Quarter uh -huh. million. Okay. We still, that's a lot. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. How did you find clients? Then? Well, here, this is how, because we had, we had connections. Mm -hmm. It was basically a, a, a broad scale, scale referral based business okay. and, and meaning, and this is what I, what I want to say to your listeners here is that I, I like to, I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent, so you can pull me back, but I think this is relevant for your audience. I really do because what I like to teach my coaches is that there are there are ways that you can make money now in your business and they're like that are like the quick wins, right? When we're talking to people, building those relationships, signing clients, and there are things we do in our business that lend themselves to the long-term growth. This is content you create, list building activities, right? Having a funnel, a freebie, all of those things. And I think that a mistake that some coaches make is they don't take the time to do those long-term growth aspects, right? They don't create the freebie. They're not building their list and they're just looking for sporadic activity in their business. Now, the flip side of this is if we just get lost in this never-ending task list and think that we have to check all of these boxes before we can make money in our business, right? And so one thing I want to say is I think it's always valuable for everyone to pay attention to what are the quick win activities in my business? Because when we're continuing to create activity and wins and sign clients, not only are we bringing in money, which is helpful to build the business, right? Right. bringing in money, but we're also creating momentum and gaining experience. Mm -hmm. And the long-term growth activities um, are really important things to be putting in place so that you can expand. If you work from home, if you are a remote worker, if you're a business worker and you work from home and you sometimes just wish you could get together with other people who work from home, you just wish you could get out of your house and just be around other people who are working as dedicated and focused as you are, but you get to be in the space of other fellow remote workers, you want to join the Coffee Shop Coworkers Facebook group. We are connecting people all over the country in coffee shops where you can go for free meet other like-minded people 
to hang out, to work together, whether it's for two hours, whether it's for four hours, whether it's all day, but you get to connect with people like you who are working from home, who want to be around other people and still get work done and just create a new network. So come check out the Facebook page, join the Facebook page, Coffee Shop Coworkers today so we can start connecting you to fellow future coworkers. Okay. okay. So how does this relate to, to this business that we started, right? Thank you for saying that because the difference, the differences in the two, I don't think are often thought about. It's yeah. the quick, I need a client, I need income. And as you said, there's a long term to the business that's very important. So that was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're both so important because I think we miss out when we think one is more important than the other. And what I encourage all of my clients to do is to figure out where each of those lie in importance so that they're spending And Because for some of my clients, they need to spend a little more energy on some of the quick wins for now. Others, a little more time and energy on the steady growth. Um, so Coming back to your question about our business um, is that we we largely built our business on reputation because, as I mentioned, I led with my skills, like the strength of my skills, and she did as well. And so both of us really were big on expanding our coaching skills, being great at what we did connecting and and getting involved in places where we could get into more groups, right? Taking opportunities to teach and coach. And so rather than leading with a strong marketing funnel, that that came later for us. But what we did is we had both built such a following. We had so many relationships. We had great reputations. So when we came together and said, hey, we're putting this together. We're helping coaches in this way. It was kind of amazing how it came together. Yeah. Right. You mentioned you took opportunities to speech, speak and to teach. Where were you doing conferences? Were you doing mm-hmm. your local women's entrepreneur center? Where were you guys mm-hmm. doing this? I mean, everything. So so both of us were um, teaching and instructing for the Life Coach School and really took a lot of opportunities. The, the Life Coach School now is... I mean, it's huge now. And I think I'm not sure at this point in time exactly, but I think it's about a $50 million a year. When I first started, I was literally on a conference line doing a training with like 10 other people, okay, with the founder. Okay, you were in the beginning. (laughs) So yeah, so you know, when at the time we were we were spending so much time building curriculum books and teaching. And we took a lot of opportunities that didn't really pay very much for the experience and for the connections. Um, You know, both of us had taken every opportunity to speak in local groups, to connect with other coaches. I mean, there's really no limit. And I want to offer this up to your clients as well. This is something I really encourage my coaches to do in my program. In fact, it's a, it's a vital piece of what we do, because if you're a coach and you're just building a list, like one email at a time, it takes a while. And so we have to remember that there are plenty of your ideal clients already gathered other places. 
right? And so the more ways, especially for your coaches listening who would rather coach and teach and speak over market any day of the week, this is the thing. Find those opportunities and use your gift because it's amazing how uh, quality coaching, quality service to your clients and connections and really contributing and giving can be a really strong foundation for a business, even if you don't have a fabulous marketing funnel in place. But as you said, you they then are the marketing because if you are speaking at your That's exactly local, right. Yeah, you're the local breakfast of networking breakfast and you secure the spot to be speaker for the month or your local SCORE chapter or SBA chapter if they have something Yep. Or get involved in, like you said, in a community where there are other coaches. Yep. Because every coach should have a coach. Then you yes. become your marketing. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And that it's so much more sense. fun that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when we, you know, that first year we offered our program twice, um, it, it was just, it was just phenomenal. And it, what was so fun about it is that it really, we were filling a void that these coaches really needed and there was just a lot of power in it. And then we did start doing, you know, advertising and marketing funnel and all of those things, but. But you had a good was, foundation to yeah, start. Yeah. So, and and yeah. this is what I'll say to that. Like, I just, I'm a big believer that a business built on uh, the foundation of the integrity of your coaching, like running a business with integrity and delivering a high quality of service. I mean, I think that's the best foundation you can have. Absolutely. It will yeah. take you further than any yep. funnel, any advertisement all day. Yeah. yeah. So now that you're rebuilding your own business. Yeah. Now, who is, you talked a little bit about who your, your client is. You're focused on women, moms particularly yeah. um, yeah. is one area of your focus. And so now that you're in the rebuilding stage, Molly, what are you doing? Like, what is your top three day-to-day oh, -day absolutes must do as you're oh, rebuilding? Oh gosh. Okay. So let me tell you that it is, this is what I always say about the coaching world. It's like the wild, wild west, isn't it? There are no <laughs> rules. This, okay. There's no, no one is regulating any of this. It's true. Anything goes. It's it's crazy, right? So so that's my I, I always say that just about the coaching space in general. Um, but figuring out, I will say that this last year of rebuilding has felt very much like a roller coaster for me. It's kind of been a combination of steady in terms of like, okay, I'm staying on track, I'm moving forward with all of this, right? But just like every coach listening. We don't really know what's going to sell mm -hmm. until we try it, mm -hmm. right? And we have to we have to start. We have to move it forward. And so, um, yeah, this last year, it's been a lot of creating. It's been a lot of, okay, figuring out what's the system on the back end now and what am I changing around? And it's kind of been done at, like, I, I basically have rebuilt my entire business in the last year. And... Um, and it's been a lot, but right now, what I will say is my, the things that I focus on regularly in my business 
are making sure that my marketing messaging for my program is consistent. I want to stay consistent. And, and I don't, your coach is listening. You don't have to do everything. I mean, we really, you don't have to do everything. So I'm giving my list right now, but this doesn't mean that everyone has to do everything. Um, but my, I keep consistency with my marketing and my emails and my social media and that online presence. Um, always, you always want to be filling the pipeline, right? Expanding your traffic, speaking to your people so that they're ready to say yes when you open the doors. Um, so I spend time doing that. I spend time um, creating. I absolutely love creating new trainings for my clients, for my community, and creating more resources for them. That's very energizing for me, and I love it. Um, and I spend time nourishing my clients, nourishing those relationships, making sure that I'm supporting them in the community where they are, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, with strategy, because um, that's a, it's a big deal to me to mm -hmm. make sure I'm, um, yeah, really yeah. there for them. Because I know it's a big deal to build your business, you know? Yes. All right. We're in, you're in business as a coach to help people. Yeah. You're also in business. It's a business because you need to make money. Yep. If, that's if, right. If, right. If we just wanted to help people only, they're numerable charities, right? Yeah. There are so many charitable organizations yep. who are looking for volunteers. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, with the relationship building portion, I'm, I know that there are some business individuals who will say, you know, I make a point to at least every day touch base individuals with five people or mm -hmm. to reach out to 10 either current clients or potential new clients. Do you have a system or a goal for yourself that keeps you on track or is it just like a time I block? Don't I don't in terms, well, the only thing I have, I, I have my clients on a Slack community. And so I have regular times that I post. And then also because I'm engaging with them in group calls and teaching regularly, um, you know, it's a, it's a really intimate space. So, so it's pretty easy to stay connected with everyone in that way. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. that, that took me to the next question. Molly, I don't know why this hasn't occurred to me. But the way that you said it just clicked. And for everybody listening, that's just how life is sometimes, right? We hear the same thing over and over, but until either mm -hmm. you receive it or it's mm -hmm. the seed has been planted, but it just needs to be water enough for it to finally take root. But you yeah. said you, you spend time creating and you create programs mm -hmm. and training for your clients. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it never occurred to me, coaches... I, I know courses because that's the the rage, right? But just training and programs for your clients makes so much mm -hmm. sense because you have coached, as you said, thousands of people, mm -hmm. you know, your clientele. And so you are now producing actual training that you can deliver for them. Whereas when mm -hmm. I th think about coaching it in the conversation, I'm helping mm. people work through. So right, right. quickly about, you know, the trainings and programs and how you approach that. Cause I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love it. So the, and the way I like to work in my program it, with my clients is that um, I like to 
I do like to create trainings that are very relevant to what they're experiencing for sure. And I like to make them uh, brief and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Easy to implement. Uh, okay. Because I think the problem with a lot of programs for coaches or business programs is you just get this black hole of information and you have, you know, 85 training videos that are an hour long and they just end up on your to-do list and they're not actually that helpful. <laughs> okay. They're just one thing to do. And so a couple things. One, in my... um in my Masterful Coach Foundations, which is my program where I'm helping these coaches set their plan to make 10K and, you know, do their freebie and all the things and and um, really get the foundation of their business and move it forward. They have brief trainings that are relevant for whatever it is they're creating. So like, for example, if they're working on their freebie, the training, some of the trainings honestly are three minutes. Some are more like 15 minutes, but they only need to be as long as the client actually needs. And then right after that, it's like, then you go to work and they have what I call a success guide. It's like their, you know, personalized worksheet to help them implement the training. And then we have a live call where I'm there to help them. And the reason I like that is it just, it's very efficient. It allows them to do enough work on their own and then for me to be able to kind of like, okay, let's hold your hand and let's just like move you forward. Who doesn't want a little bit of TLC, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, that's okay. That model in and of itself. I love it. I, love it. I call it, it's like the learn and do. And I do the same thing in my, um, my certification with women in the, the motherhood and family life coaching certification. Mm -hmm. We learn something and we do, we learn and do because every, every concept that I'm teaching them about how to coach their clients, I want them to actually create something unique for their business with it. Because I think it can be easy to either be caught in consuming information and not taking action, mm -hmm. or we can always be taking action and not really be very strategic about it because we're not learning enough. And so I love to help my clients train their brain to learn enough and then do and learn enough and then do. And that's the secret to continuing to move forward in your business. Molly, you better coach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just got coached. Okay. Okay. So we are coming up on the time that I have to let you go. When I tell you, oh my goodness, ma'am, you just laid down the fire and then poured some gasoline on it. That was amazing. Okay. So before we get into the, before you go, yeah, around questions really quickly, tell people how they can find you, how they can connect with you and what you are doing and what you have to offer them. Yes, I would love to. So if you go to mollyclaire.com, very easy to remember, um, you can I definitely, I encourage you to listen to my podcast as well, the Masterful Coach Podcast. I focus on coaching, skill mastery, business mastery, and personal life. Those are like the three pillars. Um, but if you go to mollyclaire.com, you can find the podcast and subscribe. And you can also find a place where you can learn about my programs. So the, the main things that I offer is if you are a coach that's wanting to get some traction, bring in your first clients, feel confident, confident, right, in, in getting those paid clients, 
cleaning up that process and and really getting out in front of more of your ideal audience, if that's you, then Masterful Coach Foundations would be the one. You can find this all on my website. Um, and if you're a coach who works with moms and would love to have help with you know, energy management and time management and all those big emotions that come up for women in motherhood and relationships, um, I have my advanced certification. So that's all listed on my website. Uh, you talked about energy management. I could ask you 40 more questions about that. I know, right? <laughs> but it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. And I did a study and presentation on it years ago, mm -hmm. and it really is life-changing if, yeah. if applied correct okay about 30 seconds to ask you like three questions but yeah this is before okay. so you already talked about podcast you would recommend your podcast amazing yes. <laughs> molly what is one tool you would not do business without right now oh my gosh you know right now i'm switching everything to kajabi okay okay and i really i have an amazing designer who's making everything so beautiful and I love that I'm moving to having one platform for more things. And it's amazing. I hear good things about Kajabi. So, yeah. okay. Good to have an endorsement. The tool, what tool do you use to set up client meetings? Oh, um, I mean, I use Calendly is the calendar. And then I use Zoom. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. And then last question. What is the one thing you attribute the most weight to in scaling your business to six figures? Oh gosh, I'm going to say my fierce determination and commitment to building a life where I have time and flexibility and freedom to be with my kids and my family and to be able to leave a legacy. Molly, I don't think we can end it any better than that. <laughs> Thank you so much for this time and being on the Coach Up podcast. I have truly enjoyed just in what is the word I'm looking for? Soaking up your knowledge. And Thank so I can so see much. why you have had such success in your coaching business because you are a coach at heart. It just comes through. Thank you so much. So great to be with you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Coach Up podcast. Be sure to follow Molly and connect with her. And also remember to subscribe, like, and share this episode with someone. I look forward to serving you again on the next episode of the Coach Up podcast. And if you haven't listened to the episode with Dr. Viola Pierce, I highly recommend it. She truly gives some real tips on how to strategize and use statistics in building your business. As always, thanks for joining. See you next time.